0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Star Wars Legends podcast, episode 18. Just Dylan and me today. We got a little to talk about, and then we'll get into our topic at hand. Jaina (laughs) won.
1: I'm just gonna put it right there. Jaina won. This is um this is big. This is the well, it's big because it's the second time in a row we've gotten a figure into the Black Series pool. But yes, thank you everyone who voted for Jaina. Uh, we made quite the comeback and now people are complaining and allegedly, allegedly, allegedly we cheated at this and voted multiple times or something. There was like, I think like f- they're claiming like there was 40,000 quote unquote fake votes for Jaina When, if you look at the poll, Jaina only won by, only got 32% of the vote, and there was less than, there was less than 100, and there was like 117,000 votes, meaning that mathematically, there's no way that she had 40,000 votes to begin with. So they're either complaining, they're either complaining that every single vote cast for was fake, or, I don't know, they're just salty because their character lost, I guess.
0: Well, I was checking those polls, last several days and I saw when it went up and here's the deal if Jaina would have gone up and this is the cat these are the casuals who are uh, throwing a fit over this it really is it's the the casuals then wouldn't have Rex gone down
1: because if I'm Rex? not getting Rex's percentage didn't change no it was pretty much all coming from mara in fact at the end there when we were doing our big push for jaina it was like neck and neck with her and star killer each gaining points rex hardly ever dropped dengar didn't drop that much um talon dropped a little bit and then they're also they're comp- i guess they're complaining because it happened late but if you look at the poll when it started out, it went live. We all did our vote Jaina, vote Jaina, vote Jaina thing. And Jaina skyrocketed. I think she peaked at like 74, 75% of the votes. And then this, then this then everyone else started coming in. You know, the star killer people started hitting and he started gaining grounds. Then that then on the second or third day, the Talon people really came in hard and started and she st- started um, she had like a eight or nine percentage lead for like two days then the Star Killer people came back and put Starkiller league lead and then we rallied and got everyone in the movement all the pages to support Jaina and we got we've pushed Jana over the hump but the way the poll was going I mean it everyone got a whole bunch of votes everyone had big spikes here and there uh, it just so just so happened the way it worked that Jaina got the winning spike at the very end Mm-hmm. When it counted, Janet came up in the clutch.
0: And for those of you people who are bummed that Dengar and Rex didn't get the vote, don't worry.
1: They'll be made to figures sooner or later. You have two of the seven. There were seven finalists last year. Obviously, Re, uh, Revenant Sabine won. And two of the remaining five finalists have now been made. There's a an old Ben Kenobi. And just recently, they announced a Lando. They also announced a Royal Guard and a Hera figure, which in the preliminary polls were, along with Lando, were actually pretty high on on all the lists too. In fact, they did better in the preliminary polls than both Rex and Dengar, and they left them off the list. Now I'm looking back, I think they left them off the final poll list because they were all going to make them anyway, and they didn't want to do what they did last year and just put them on the final poll anyway to see if they wouldn't have to make an extra figure. But,
0: yeah. It happens. Uh, shall we get into the topic at hand?
1: Uh, I just want to say one more thing, and I think that Hasbro is learning. Are not they? Because I don't know if you saw, but like I said, they announced a whole bunch of figures right before the Jaina figure. Uh, we already mentioned um, the, we already mentioned uh, the Royal Guard Lando, um, Hera, as well as Qui Gon and uh, Tusken Raider, but in the uh in the when they announced the royal guard one they when they showed the pictures of like what they were using for concept art they showed the cover of crimson empire one and if you look underneath his robe they actually show him underneath his robes he has the same battle armor as kirk canals and canter jacks had in crimson empire one and they even said at the panel that they designed him after the crimson empire comics what you see in the comics that's and the fact that there were four of the six finalists were expanded universe at least has me thinking that hasbro understands what we want and is doing what little they can within disney's oversight to give us what they want what we want which is good shall we yeah okay enough jane to talk i've been wanting
0: to do this topic for several episodes now this is one I came up with.
1: Oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah, breaking news. Bill just finished Kenobi's blade today. Oh shit, really? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he finished two pages. Breaking news. It took him all of you know thirty-eight years. Um, we're proud of you, Bill. You finally got through it. You finished those last last like five paragraphs that have been eluding you for the last... since the Clinton administration. Um, congratulations. All right. All right. Enough teasing.
0: It. This is the top t- our top ten best Star Wars video games, with the exception of new canon games, which there's only one, Battlefront. So, okay. Dylan, would you like to start off, or would
1: you like me to start off? Uh... I'll start off, I guess. My number 10. Now, before we... Um, let's get go over the rules with, with here on this list. Uh, this is individual video games. We're, um, we're not talking about series, so sequels are okay. In fact, on my list, you know, I have several games within the same series. Now, I don't know if we mentioned this in the cast, but I'm also... I'm counting expansion packs. And otherwise DLC, but mainly expansion packs as part of my as part of the game, at least in mine. So I'm not going to say like an expansion pack takes one part. I'm going to I'm just in, including the expansion pack in my list. I don't know if you did that as I, well, Jeremy. With I think maybe two games, I did that. All right.
0: So shall we begin? Yeah. Number ten.
1: You for me? me? Uh. And it doesn't matter, I guess. I'll go. Number okay. 10 for
0: me is Star Wars Super Bombad Racing for the ps <laughs> This game... I remember renting this from the video store back in the day because it had a four-player option for the PlayStation <laughs> 2, which meant you had to have the PlayStation 2 multi-tap. Now I remember a bunch of my buddies and me all played this game, and we, we loved it, because the the control is so terrible. It's, it's not a good game, but it's really funny. It's so wonderful, though, that when that movie store went out of business, that rental place, I bought Super Bomb Bad Racing from them. For, like, maybe $2. And I still have it to this day. But, yeah. Lucas Learning. Do you remember <laughs> that? I don't think I know of any other uh, LucasArts game that has the, that's under the Lucas Learning branch. Yeah. Oh, for those of you who don't know, Super Bomb Bad Racing, because no one ever talks about this game, it was an episode one racing game where you put as like, bobbleheads of characters. You had Obi-Wan, Anakin, Sebulba... Uh, Queen Amidala, Darth Maul, Jar Jar Binks, Boss Nass, and Yoda. And they were all big heads riding in, like, go-karts, but it was their ships. It was was a hilarious game. It had, like, it had racing mode, and it had uh, battle mode.
1: Hmm. Actually, weird. I haven't played. I've heard of the game, but I've never played it. Yeah, battle mode's terrible. It's not that fun at all. But I actually Bob hope it, this
0: I think it gets it's so low on here because single player it has no value. You you'll play through all the maps one time and then you'll never play it again. Single player. It's playing it with four with three other friends. It, it makes it a really fun game.
1: Your turn. I'm going to go with not necessarily a classic, but a sequel. Um, a sequel to the classic that I loved, obviously, for obvious reasons. That's going to be Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. Now...
0: That's up higher,
1: but I won't say Well, it's number 10 on my list because, I mean, you all know I've got the Legos. I actually got my... Um, tray of I was doing actually I was just kind of like uh, fixing up, but I've got like my tray of um, ransom Sith Lords and Jedi here with me because uh, I was doing some custom stuff with them earlier. But I love the like I love the Legos, I love the Star Wars. You know, it's just the perfect match, and I liked the game because it took the f- it took the first two games and basically put them into one game where everything was. You could play essentially all six trilogies and there was a whole bunch of extra stuff extra missions um the bonus challenges which i still haven't gotten all the bonus challenges yet yet because i'm terrible with the time limits but really fun game it got it took a fun classic game that i loved as a kid and improved it added the like the mail we talked about this i think on on another podcast and um about the melee attack that they added in the second one, that like they added in and you didn't, you like they added in, and it was something you never noticed. But like when you get in the second game, you're just like, where has this been? I've never known I needed this until now.
0: Well, it was because there weren't as many Jedi characters. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they put it in the second game because you only have Luke and Vader and Palpatine are the only force, uh, and Obi Wan are the only force sensitive characters in that game. The rest are all ranged characters, so yeah, it needed it. Yeah, but what did you play Complete Saga on?
1: I played it on the uh, Xbox.
0: Let's see, I played it on the DS, and it was still a really good port. Hmm. Because I had the first, I had Lego Star Wars and Lego Star Wars Two for both for the PlayStation Two. And I traded them in because I wanted to get it for I wanted to get the complete saga for the Wii, and that I never did that. I actually ended up with it on um, the DS, and it was a really fun game on there too.
1: So you've never 100%ed it? I have not 100% the complete uh, saga. The only one I'm missing are the challenge mini kits, like the blue ones that like you go into the level and there's like a time limit for them. I can't do it. I'm terrible. I'm terrible under pressure with time limits. I can't get. I've gotten a few of them, uh, but it's just. I have all the gold bricks. I have everything else. I'm just missing the challenge mini kits.
0: I might have to pick that up for the PS Three
1: and play that again. In so fact, that- in yeah. fact, the challenge mini kits are part of the reason it's so low on my list because, oh, they're in pain. But anyway, moving on. Number nine. Do we want to alternate or, like, or... Um... Yeah, I'll go number nine. Okay. Here.
0: Uh, the Force <laughs> Jeremy Unle- is winging it. Ooh, okay. I lost my list. So, Super Bomb Bad Racing wasn't even on here, period. <laughs> I forgot about it until I was looking over. At my, I keep my video games right there under my cds and they're like
1: oh yeah i have super bomb bad racing why don't you just games. put your video games in a stack that was in the list so you could go like uh okay number nine was okay yeah too late
0: i don't own all the games that are on my list
1: this uh, podcast actually almost didn't happen <laughs> yeah i had shit i
0: had to do and then i fell asleep for four hours <laughs> and just woke up and i'm like well i can't do any of the things i wanted to do so we're good. um Number 9 is Force Unleashed Ultimate Sith Edition. Uh the Force Unleashed a very overrated game in a lot of respects but f- I remember first playing this on the PS2 which it barely ran on there. <laughs> I've three di- I played three different versions of this game. I just beat it on PS3 yesterday. But I have the PC version, which is the Ultimate Sith Edition, which has the DLC, the Dark Side DLC, which you kill Vader and you become, you essentially become Vader yourself. You kill Obi Wan, spoilers, you you turn Luke to the Dark Side.
1: Right. Let's just get this out of the way. In order to. A lot of the games on my list, the only way I can properly explain them is to explain what happens in the, in the campaign. So, spoilers are going to be had. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: force Unleashed, She play as Starkiller, Vader's secret apprentice that he, he uh, trains in order to take down the Emperor. Or does he? That's the question. <laughs> uh, it used the Force in a way that had never been used before. I um, remember the trailer where you're pulling down a Star Destroyer, mm-hmm. which is the worst part of the game.
1: Yeah, could be- because there's no health and the TIE Fighters are, are impossible oh, to health. grab. There's health on them, and actually I found
0: that you can use Force Lightning on the TIE Fighters. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know that until my third playthrough. You can throw the TIE Fighters when they swoop low, but it's easier to jump and use the Force Lightning on them. And even then, it's difficult. But you go around killing Jedi for Vader, and then you create the Rebel Alliance. And you learn a little bit about your backstory, but that's rushed and thrown in there last minute. There's even a level that they put in the DLC, the Jedi Temple, where you go to Coruscant to learn some stuff about your past, about being a Jedi, which is the world's crappiest DLC. (laughs) But Force Unleashed gets put so low on here because, yes, it is fun, but the storyline is stupid. It absolutely, by the books, dumb. Actually, Force Unleashed 2 has a dumber story it has just fan service thrown throughout. I mean, Yoda shows up in Force Unleashed 2 for no reason. And there's just stupid things like that in there. But, yeah, Force Unleashed makes number 9 for nostalgia's sake. What's your number 9, Dylan?
1: My number 9 is... I say it because a lot of I'm gonna do a dramatic pause. Star Wars Battlefront Elite Squadron for the PSP. Oh. Now I don't know if you've played a lot of you this is a critically the two Battlefront PSP games are critically underrated games for what they did to the battlefront. It the reason they're such good games because really starting with Battlefront 2. And I'll get to to this more later in the list, obviously, because I think that's both that's going to be a higher on both of our lists. But what they did in Elite Squadron with the storyline, the way the gameplay worked, uh, we've talked. To, I know we talked about this before in the podcast of the fact that in this game, the ground and space battles were one battle. So you would get into a battle, you would you would fight on the ground and then but if you wanted to you could get into a ship fly up to the space battle and help out in the space battle it was one it map it was glorious the number of um number of players on each side was perfectly balanced uh the customization was really nice which (laughs) let me just get into this i was that guy who would um, on the customization i would max out my health and my special like my special bar i would have I would have the shotgun and the and the um, invisibility, and I would just go around the map stealthily, killing, get really close to people and just killing people, and take capture points because I was a coward. My KD was so inflated, but it was fun. I had a blast doing it. <laughs> and it had it had a weird campaign though. It had a weird campaign with the two spoiler alert four sensitive clones. Um, from, who, like, one turn, again, spoiler alert, but this is, I, I, I honestly saw this coming from, like, the first mission with one turning evil and one turn being good. And it kind of does a little bit of retcons of the, uh, Battle of Yavin, but again, it's S-canon, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into this. So, the so number eight... God, I had it. Oh, Jedi Academy. Mm. Jedi Academy only just made this list because I just started playing it. And I was going to put Jedi Outcast on here, but Jedi Academy to be, they're very two very similar games. But Jedi Academy is better to is easier to approach. Jedi Outcast's problem is it's way, 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 way too hard. It's unforgivingly hard, and it has the weakest story of all the Dark Forces games. Because, let's face it, you didn't need to... Jedi Outcast didn't need to happen, because Jedi Knight Dark Forces, which is a game I've not personally played. I've watched the cutscenes, though, because you can't get Jedi Knight Dark Forces to run on Steam if you have a Windows 7 or higher computer. So... Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2 was fine. And you didn't need to continue at this sure they had Mysteries of the Sith. But Dark Forces was done. So they came out with Jedi Knight Jedi Outcast, which just feels a really tacked on in a way. And then you have Jedi Academy, which ref- to me refreshes the Dark Forces series by not playing as Kyle Katarn. You're playing as Jaden Kor who is Je- uh, Kyle Katarn's pr- apprentice in the game. And it has the feel of the original Dark Forces, and yet it still ha- it has a really, I think, fluid lightsaber combat. I think it has the best lightsaber combat of all four games. Well, Dark Forces didn't have lightsaber combat, so it's obviously better than that. It's fun. The graphics still look really nice. And I'm playing this on the PC, hmm. by the way. Uh, I have played it on the original Xbox, but yeah, it's a
1: it's a really good game. To your number eight, my number eight is Star Wars Starfighter. Ooh. Um, for the uh, the PC and uh, the PS2. I originally played it on the PS2, but it wasn't until I played it on the PC that I actually got into the and I got really into it. Now, I am really big into flight sim type games. Um, uh, I think one of the first ones, one of the first video games I ever got into was an old gem called Isle Sturmovik, um, World War II flight simulator, um, aerial dogfights, combat. Love that stuff. Now, I was a little late to the party for the classic um, X-wing, Tie Fighter, and all those games. Unfortunately. I guess I can get them now, but it's. I have them on Steam. They're they're decent. They're a little dated, but it's fine. That's my that's my thing. They I think they would be a little too dated for me to fully appreciate. In all honesty, I don't like I don't like Starfighter, and I
0: really don't like Jedi Starfighter. Hmm. I find them to be very clunky
1: games, and not that fun. Well, it's kind of why it's so low on my list. Um, but I enjoyed it for what it was, a Star Wars version of a game that I, another game that I really liked. Um, uh, like you said, it was a little kind of clunky, especially the, the ones when you're just in space are fine. They work marvelously. Uh, but the ones that you're like, um, in atmosphere are a little, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying with that, but it was a great, but I enjoyed it. And I actually apologize. I'm probably the worst person for this list because I could barely get a list together of video games yep. that I played because I don't play a lot of video games. But the games I do play, I play like, I play a lot. All right.
0: So number seven for me is all um, the classic Lego Star Wars games: Lego Star Wars One, Lego Star Wars Two, and Lego Star Wars: The Complete Saga. I put them all in here because they have all their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, To me, LEGO Star Wars was a really fresh idea for a Star Wars game. I played the crap out of it. LEGO Star Wars threw some new stuff in there. And LEGO Star Wars the Complete Saga took the best elements of both games and put them together. And I played most of these on PS2, like I said earlier, and I played the Complete Saga on DS, and it was still really good. I also played the original LEGO Star Wars and Game Boy Advance, and that's a terrible port.
1: <laughs> um, oh, yeah, there's a Game Boy Advance games. Back one. when back when LEGO games were actually unique, because he it, it said that. It was so unique to a video game of I uh, mean. Lego games there' was a Lego Harry Potter for the pc cd-rom that was terrible
0: and Lego games with the exception of Bionicle games were often ignored and just not talked about until Lego Star Wars hit because back in the day I was in as into Legos as Dylan is now <laughs> and a Lego video game was awesome. And it was just it was just a really fresh idea it was hilarious I mean it was one of the first games I put the second one was one of the first games I played that had an e10 rating do you remember the <laughs> e10 rating uh vaguely because the humor was a little too crude for an
1: e but they didn't want to give it a teen so they made e10 there was no there was no dialogue it was people going Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they it
0: was just some of it's a little on the mean spirited side, I will admit.
1: Um uh, oh jeez. I mean I guess people like kind of you know get dis completely dismembered when they die. They're literally broken up well, into pieces.
0: Well Chewbacca rips Stormtroopers' arms off, remember?
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which by the way, can I just say makes me not like that mechanic because it takes so long and it basically you get stuck in it. And, like, to take shots makes me, like, never want to ever play Chewbacca.
0: No, I that- didn't mind it. You know what I hated? is hmm. when you interacted with Leia as Lando and he kisses her her hand. Did you ever do that? There's a similar thing in Lego Indiana Jones where you can whip and you can mm-hmm. get any of, of Indy's love interests and kiss them. Mm-hmm. The Temple of Doom thing. It's so unnecessary, but it's hilarious.
1: I think the the biggest like controller smashing moment in any Lego Star Wars game is when you're using the force on something and you've got it to where it's almost almost perfect, and then some enemy you forgot it is shoots you, and it like all. <laughs> it all goes
0: yeah, that's <laughs> bad. Lego Lord of the Rings though, while playing as any of the wizards the the magic is so broken in that game it just does not flow properly
1: yeah that was another thing that the second game added was the ability to actually build something if you weren't just a jedi because mm-hmm. it was only jedi could like could build things but now then like the second one had everyone you could build stuff
0: can we admit that one of the greatest things you can
1: unlock with the red bricks was speed build oh my god yes Yes, yes, I always, yes. I always,
0: I always bought speed build, even before I got invincibility. In the first game, I always saved up for invincibility in General Grievous. Because General Grievous,
1: was he played the job,
0: but he could annihilate everything. I would
1: not buy any of the characters. I would just save up for the, multiplier, the stud multipliers.
0: Well, you didn't have that in the first game,
1: did well, you? Well,
0: no. In the, the second game, you have that and. It is so wonderful. Oh my god Matt. Yeah yeah. Matt is messaging us immediately right now. Of course. He couldn't wait till after because we're probably gonna call you afterwards and talk with you about things. He's gotta tell me that Dylan's probably going to have his own Lego Armada
1: set. That would be a good idea. It would be. Oh but, my god. Okay. I got, guys, I got to go. I need to, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. The
0: Lego Star Wars games, well worth your time. Still, they still hold up today. So that was your sixth? No, that was my eight. eight. Hold on. Wait, have we lost?
1: No, I'm on my, I've already, Starfighter was my seventh. The, this was my sixth. Okay. Are you sure that was your seventh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Complete Saga, Elite Squadron, Starfighter. I have
0: some honorable mentions, too.
1: I don't have any. Well, I guess I'll have two honorable mentions. All right. All right. So, my number six going back to the Battlefront, but this time it's the other um, PSP game, Renegade Squadron. Now, the reason Renegade Squadron is higher on my list than Elite Squadron, because Elite Squadron had a lot better mechanics, it had a better customization It had a better, it had better, um, uh, what's it called? Um, It had the better space battles. Mm -hmm. But Renegade Squadron had a superior story, had a superior campaign by Mm -hmm. far. It, It had no business having a really good campaign, and it did. It did. Not only that, but it has a campaign that really fits a lot more nicely into the continuity than a lot of other games do. Mm hmm.
0: So is that that's your number six.
1: Well, it's and then the other reason was because online. for some reason, and I was on the p I was on PSP on both of these in the online, but for some reason, the servers for Renegade Squadron lasted a lot longer than the servers for Elite Squadron. I yeah. can't get either of them now.
0: Elite Squadron came out too late on the PSP, in my opinion.
1: Well, even after the Elite Squadron servers went down before the Renegade Squadron servers, I know because I was still playing both. And then a Elite Squadron also uh kind of the Battlefront games and space battles kind of had what I call like an evolution in. Whereas in the in the base game on Battlefront 2, you have those space battles, which were great. And then Renegade Squadron did something which I never I thought I thought like I've never thought as before, but it's absolutely necessary, in that they added asteroids. That mm-hmm. you could fly into the asteroids, and there was a capture point. You could capture the asteroid, and you got access to unique fighters. The B-Wing for the Rebels, and the TIE Defender for the Empire. Which gave you a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. And as as well as another objective, to break up the monotony that was space battles in Battlefront 2. Which um, I'll get later when I get to... We keep teasing things later on our lists, but... Yeah, that's why Star Wars Renegade Squadron, the PSP games. If you are a fan of the Battlefront games, Battlefront 1 and 2, you have not played either the PSP games, you are doing yourself a disservice. Yeah,
0: they're on my my honorable mentions list. Because my PSP broke, so I never got to play them as much as I would have wanted. Uh, So number five for me is... I'm going to go back to the Super Nintendo here. Super Star Wars. I picked the first one out of all... I played all three. But Super Star Wars is the one I'm slightly good at. There's no such thing as being good at those games because they're so ungodly hard. Uh, But Super Star Wars is the one I can get the farthest in. It's side-scrolling, crap all over the screen, destroy everything, get from point A to point B. But it's so the music's great, the um, gameplay is fun. It still holds up today.
1: Oh, I messed up. We were we were really on seven. Are you sure? We skipped one. (laughs) I was counting wrong. My bad. Oh Oh, well.
0: Well, you know I can't adjust. This is six
1: then. Six then. Okay.
0: Yeah. You fuck.
1: So add one to my um, latest. So Starfighter Seven, Renegade Squadron Six, and then and then this. Yeah. No. All right. So this is your sixth then.
0: This is my sixth. Fucking asshole. Anyway, Super Star Wars well worth your time.
1: Your turn, Dylan. Now on to my real number six. Uh, The game that Django hates, and even though he never finished it, and is still my nostalgic love, my nostalgic goggles are on strong right now for Star Wars Clone Wars. And this is not on my list at all. What? This is not on my list at all. Which, by the way, may I say, was before either of the television series that... Marked the same name, so it was the original Clone Wars Original yes, it was Now I've mentioned this before and I'll say it again. I love the campaign. I loved the vehicle combat part of it Mm -hmm. What keeps it so low on my list and what my nostalgia can't forgive is the god-awful controls that were whenever you were on foot But the story was engaging. I love it What? That's not often. I think that's yeah. only like three times that happens. Maybe yeah, four. three times. Genosis. Um, there's a uh, uh, Geonosis twice, and then there's a time on Thule. Yeah. But but that dromo Oh my God! That was the greatest. Uh, that was that was even before I knew who he was. I'm just like, oh, cool. That's a really cool but character. I, I wonder how he has a backstory. And actually, now that I think about it, that was one of the first things that got me into the Star Wars Expanded Universe because I got through it for the wiki. But I'm like, Uli Kilodroma, he sounds like a really cool Jedi. I wonder what he, kind of backstory he has. Then I read his backstory and basically all of Tales of the Jedi, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this guy is amazing and tragic and... A dick. <laughs>
0: Yeah. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he does some ass things, and he redeems himself, and it's beautiful. Yeah, uh oh, the Clone Wars does not make my list because the gameplay... There, There's only two ships I like. The other ships don't control well, in my opinion. Obi-Wan Kenobi's god-awful lisp. That voice actor sounded like he had a tongue piercing. I remember that, and I'm like, what is wrong with his voice? Because usually they botch Anakin's voice for whatever reason. <laughs> Even Tertoski's Clone Wars, I'm not a fan of that voice actor. It's the, But Obi-Wan usually sounds good, but in this case the roles were reversed. Or I don't remember what Anakin sounds like because Obi-Wan's was so bad.
1: Alright, so what's your um... Number five is Kotor. And that's the old republic.
0: Which people are gonna be so upset that I put this so low.
1: Oh, people are gonna be more upset that I don't even count that I don't even have this on my list because I'm not oh, good with I expected you to have this on here. No, I'm uh I'm gonna get this out of the way right now. Hate me, but I cannot stand video game RPGs. I just I don't know what it is. I'm more of a tabletop rpg guy myself i tried to get into kotor i'm still playing it but i'm i've been stuck on the first world taurus for like
0: oh i got for past close that. to a year now i got past that i remember when you you were doing that
1: because we were both at the same point and then i got past that i'm two worlds past that now and i'm stuck I've- I've tried like fifteen I've tried playing it like fifteen times and was like, yeah, okay. And I'll get like a little bit, I'll do a side quest, and I'm just like, this is I I just not okay. But anyway, not to ran the parade, go for a KOTOR. A uh,
0: KOTOR was a Star Wars RPG. It was really revolutionary for the time. It gets so low on this it's only on this list because of its story so good. The gameplay is so dated now. Because it's just I don't know, Mass Effect did it better. <laughs> Mass, Mass Effect is what KOTOR became, and it's very prevalent. <laughs> but um, if KOTOR hadn't been turn-based, it's, it would have held up better. If it had been more like Kingdom Hearts as opposed to Final Fantasy, I think it wouldn't be nearly as dated as it is now. Because graphically, it still looks fine. I mean, KOTOR 2's gotten a whole lot of love recently where they redid the PC version. They remastered it, and they did a bunch of f- fixes. And KOTOR 2 will not be on this list because I've never really played it that much. I've never passed the prologue. Well, I passed the prologue, I just can't get into KOTOR 2. It's so drawn out.
1: Mind me, I tried to find a
0: couple positions on my couch. Anyway. Uh. But the another problem with Kotor is what a lot of RPGs have, which is you level up your character
1: wrong and you're screwed. <laughs> you can't do anything like and, how you're stuck on Montkelmar <laughs> because you don't have you don't have like any ability to talk to people. Yeah, I don't have any ability to talk to anyone. <laughs> you can get lucky with like you just it doesn't need to... <laughs> happen.
0: It doesn't happen at all. I need to find a character build. Restart the game. Have, find a character build that can actually is balanced enough to ta- to get my way out of most problems talking, so I don't have to fight everyone because the fighting controls freeze up on my computer and it's really irritating. Um, but yeah, Kotor. That was number
1: five. What's your number five? so you group these games all together i split them up only two of them are on my list um lego star wars the original not the original trilogy the first one that was just the prequels the reason this is higher than the complete saga is a little bit of nostalgia but also because it was it's a classic in my opinion it the deck it lego star wars original the complete saga is good, but there's something about the Daxer's Diner hub worlds. There's something about actually being able to walk the grounds and seeing all the built mini kits, not having to go to like a terminal and you can scroll through them. You not know, having them actually all be there, having you know the classic gameplay, the classic uh things of uh, uh, um, the amount of amount of Jedi you really had access to, which was a lot of my problem with the second one. Uh, was like I would basically have like okay, I've got a Luke and I've got a Vader, and those were like the two Jedi, and I would just be like a different type of Luke and Vader, different skins, and yeah, there was oh, Obi Wan Jade. Oh yeah, you can make Mara Jade, I guess. You made Mara Jade. was. <laughs> and also the bonus mission that you got from, um, um, I think it was. Either I think it was getting True Jedi on every mission. We got the bonus mission, which was the first mission from the game. Which that and the first mission of um, Revenge of the Sith are the two best in that game to farm in order to get um in We're order to get uh, yeah money for the uh, all the upgrades. Which, by the way, can we just say has anyone ever gotten True Jedi on the Kashyyyk one without using invincibility? Is that possible? Because I tried. It's, I tried. I tried so many times.
0: No, not what you can do it in free play.
1: I do. You can do it in free play, but not in story. I just got hit way too many times. And that one on the beach when like enemies just spawn all the time, and they would always be like, I'd always get hit no matter what I do. But anyway, great game. Um, that's my number five. Number four for me,
0: um, I have to put Rogue Squadron, the first one, is an honorable mention. Because this game, to me, was the quintessential N64 game for Star Wars. And I'm not talking Shadows of the Empire because I never played it. Episode One Racer.
1: <laughs>
0: that, to me, is the definitive pod racing experience. Still. It to me, I it didn't get it never got better than that. It's the best racing game, uh, by far. I mean, I love Super Bombad Racing, but Episode One Racer is by far the greatest. You can make your own Pod Racer. You can unlock Pod Racers. It, it just it came at the right time. It was one of those cash grabs from episode one that really wasn't a cash grab. It was fun and well worth your time. And it was smooth. Which episode race, uh, Racer Revenge for the PS2, not. It was alright, you know. So that's my number oh four. My god.
1: I'm not going to say that, Matt. Anyway, my number four, and this is where we get to the nitty gritty of where it was my top four was hard to do. My number one is lo- was locked, but these next three were very hard to get in order. But I did get in order, and my number one is going to be Star Wars Battlefronts, um, the Ooh. first one. So low. It was. Here's what holds it back because we all know how great this game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had it had good maps. I love the bestman and Renvar maps, and I never I didn't have it on Battlefront 2 on Xbox, so I couldn't get those maps. What holds it back for me was that Galactic Conquest, while it was good, while it was a very good concept, in the first battlefront, it was way too snowbally. You basically got one vic, you got one win, and you could steamroll the whole thing. And it could be, you could literally finish the Galactic Conquest campaign in, um, Battlefront 1 in, like, under an hour and a half. Because you could just win, you'd win three or four battles, you would do, like, the special to get rid of one planet, and then there would just be one planet left you have to take. Which was the home world. Which is, that was weird. I also didn't like that the that there wasn't set classes and were. what they, they were they were, kind of, but they weren't, they, they weren't like, there they weren't, yet they weren't there yet they weren't universal you had the you had like a a regular trooper a sniper and a rocket trooper and a pilot uh but that was kind of it and there was a little bit of
0: you didn't have the specialty specialty classes i can bow from too
1: mm-hmm um, well, but yeah, great game, and th- th- it was really tough, really tough. <laughs> so number three, mm-hmm. my
0: number three is Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith for the PS2.
1: Do you remember that's, this game? That's an honorable mention for me.
0: Um, well, shit. You know, actually, though, this will be an honorable mention because I forgot this game. Star Wars Republic Commando for the PC.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Revenge of the Sith is a really good game, but the replayability is not high. It was going to get in there for its Dark Side ending. God damn it, Matt. I'm not saying that. And, um, well, actually, I'll tie these two, because they're good for similar reasons go Republic Commando and Dark Forces and you might be wondering Jeremy the only thing these two games share is that they're both first person shooters and this is where I disagree they were both revolutionary for their time Republic Commando took an idea of well Dark Forces said hey we're going to use the Doom Engine but we're going to have a campaign we're going to have voice acting in there. There's going to be a story. Because let's look Let's look at the first-person shooters of that era, which are some of my favorite ones. You have Wolfenstein 3D that has some text. Doom has some text. Quake has some text. Uh, even Duke Nukem 3D just has some text, and Duke says one-liners. That's about it. Dark Forces, Kyle Katarn, and Jan... Can't remember her last name. Jen Ors. Ors. Thank you. Unlike
1: Jen Ursa. Completely different character.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cancer. Anyway. Um, they talk to each other. You're stopping the dark trooper project that Vader has happening. I mean, you steal the Death Star plans. It's just so good. It's just one of the best. Then we get to republic commando which you know you play dark forces and you're like man i want another good first person shooter star wars game go to republic commando Republic commando takes the first person shooter genre and steps it up a notch with tactics and commanding you command a squad of elite clone troopers called delta squad and you go on various different missions And to me, they're on par with each other as equals because they're just perfect. They are perfect first-person shooters because it's not the mindless Call of Duty, go from point A to point B, shoot things. You won't. You probably won't die, or if you do, you only die once on the hardest difficulty because our health regenerates. Health does not regenerate in these games. Hmm. They're hard. For a reason. But yeah, sorry, I had to cheat for number three. There. And you can tell it's popping
1: right now. Your turn, Dylan. My number three. Just barely edging out the original two. One of the reasons I like Battlefront 2 better is because... Uh, The reasons that I kind of knocked Battlefront down a... one a bit down a bit. The space battles were a lot better. Galactic Conquest was a lot better. It actually involved some strategy and a bit of like... um, and a bit of actual... um, not only strategy, but it actually like... um, managing your economy. Because... and I actually found that... I would would make decisions throughout the game. Like I used to... at the first I would just buy all the troopers first. And then I would... uh, and then I'd like get all the upgrades. I'm going to Jeremy. He's been trying to hit me, but as well, but he's getting. But it got to the point where I would notice like certain classes are completely making my army worse because the bots will bots will pick those classes and just get killed anyway. So I don't need them. I got more efficient at it. Not only that, the upgradable weapons, which was a thing that I did not think i did not know was needed until it happened and all of them are fantastic with the exception of the beam rifle which, which if you followed talked about. Uh, we talked about a
0: few podcasts ago how the beam rifle sucks
1: which if you've um if you follow the alliance to preserve the expanded universe the page i made a post about that today thinking of this podcast of how much it's how. oh my gosh let's have let's take a sniper rifle give it less range have it be less Precise, yeah. We'll see. we'll go from there. It'll do more damage though, but great games. And the reason it's three was, and I kind of mentioned this in my earlier two, the Battlefront games. In Galactic Conquest, especially space battles, kind of got a little bit monotonous. The upgrades, half of them didn't like how you'd want them to. If you know what I mean. Yeah. It did work. Ready?
0: Ready? Yeah. For two. My number yeah. two is Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Ooh. Have you ever played Bounty
1: Hunter? No, I. it's a very hard game. That's one I wasn't able to beat. I've beaten it. That's why I left it off my list. I've beaten it. You play as Django Fett
0: when you take a job from count dooku to take out kamari vosa leader at the bandogora there's you play on six different planets and you go you learn how jango fett gets slave one how he meets zam wessel how um how even some things that are not necessarily canon the way they are they're sort of secondary canon but oh, the gameplay is so fun. you you have option you have uh, certain things you collect. you also have bounties side bounties in each level with the exception mm-hmm. of the last chapter in chapter six you don't. when you're just taking out members of the Gora cult, it's just way too hard and they realized ah, you can't get bounties in here. The uh, plethora of weapons. And, oh, man, the, those boss fights are the most rewarding thing when you beat them. And that game is unforgivably hard. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. What
1: chapter did you get to? I can't remember Oh, wait, I, uh, mission to Jetpack. The, the, the So you're on Chapter 1? Oh, Chapter 1, yeah. It's a hard game. <laughs>
0: oh my god, no, I, I don't find... That one's not that difficult. Okay, let me tell you why this gets so high on my list. Back in the day, I would rent this all the time. Because it was one of my favorite games. But you can never find it at the store. And as a kid, I really wanted this for my PS2. And... So we were re-roofing my, dad my parents' roof on my house at the time. And um, I said, I want this game. And I re-roofed a roof in the rain. I put new shingles on a roof in the rain for this game. And I remember when they finally came in from Amazon, I played the crap out of it. But I, only, I beat it, I want to say, four years ago. But for a long time, I was stuck at the prison level, which is ungod. That's when it takes the difficulty, and it takes it up to an extreme. There are so many. All the enemies are tough in the prison level. It is, it's terrible. You end up running out of ammo and you're tough, uh, your guns. You Well, I mean, you're, you're grabbing other uh, guns, and you're running up ammo on them. You run out of poison darts. You run out of rockets for your, your jet pack. And so you're I remember one time I had to – I literally was in mid-switching weapons, and a guy came up to me, and I had to punch him to death. It was so hard. But, yeah. The Star Wars Bounty Hunter is number
1: two. All right. Now this is where I get really in de- depth because I have to explain this one. I was 6 years old. I was uh, going to one of my friends at my apartment com- in my apartment complex um, you know to to hang out and like play with him or whatever. And when I got there, he was sitting on the computer playing a game he was finishing up. And I was watching it. And I was fascinated by it because it wasn't—he wasn't controlling a singular player. He like he was everyone, but like not necessarily everyone. And he was doing all this stuff, and there were battles going on. But he would keep, he would click over the battles to do other things. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I need to do this and this and this. And then he showed me not only that game, but the game that came before it, and I got really intrigued. So I went ahead and got the demos for both of the games that were online for free. The game is Age of Empires 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. They are the first two video games I ever played. And I loved, I loved them. They are got me into video games and got me into strategy games. I like two more than one. But the, the whole thing of, you know, having a diverse economy with four different resources, two of which have a great early, are like at a premium in the early game, but in the late game are kind of unlimited. And the other two that are... That are you kind of use in the early game, but in the late game, in the late game, they come really important, but you know, you don't, you're gonna run out of them unless you do that. The way that the military works with the just the number of units and the number of counter units, where instead of a triangle, it's like a weird like dodecahedron of this counters this, but this counters this, and then you can, you're literally changing your army halfway through the battle. I loved it. I loved everything, how complex, how, hang how complex. How simplistic, how free it was. Because unlike other strategy games that I've seen since then, where like you could literally build buildings and things, do it, you, you could do pretty much almost anything you wanted. If you wanted to delete your town center and build it right next to your enemy's town center, you could do that. You could, you could drop, you could drop buildings and units anywhere you wanted. Mm-hmm. So when I found out that there was a Star Wars clone of this game, I had to get it. So my number two is Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, and it does something. Now it's kind of an underrated game in, um, in the in their RTS communities because it's essentially it's a clone of Age of Empires too. But it does something that a lot of clones don't do well, and is really the what makes or breaks a clone game, where it has to stay as unique to the original game to get that audience into it. But at the same time, add enough that's different in order to, like, get you to actually play the clone game instead of the normal game. And it did both of them. It had the same counter unit, the four resources, uh, the way that you build it up, but it was a faster-paced game. You can die in age one if you weren't good enough. You, It was a game that, had, that took the normal units you're used to, like, you know the monk, you know, the one that can pick up relics and convert units? Well, now he has a lightsaber and can use the force. You know, heavy cavalry, which could move across and like are basically immune to arrow fire. Yeah, well now they're walkers with giant turbo lasers and sheets Then there's air units. Great game. I, if I could get it to work on this laptop, I would still be playing it. Uh, fa- I cannot. And the, this, this kind of is an asterisk because so much is how much I love Age because it's a clone of that game, but fantastic. Loved loved the expansion to it as well. Great game. Just great game.
0: Okay, then I know what your number one is. Uh, I don't think you do. (laughs) Anyway, well, my number one is, of course, Battlefront. EA, what a great company. (laughs) They make just fantastic games. I, I love just having multiplayer where the match takes like 20 minutes to load, and how the heroes are just all broken, and in fighters' Squadron you just can't get a, a kill, it's always an assist. Um, I love that they, have to finish half, they didn't finish the game before releasing it, so they were releasing it with a $50 DLC pack, you know? What a fantastic beautiful, beautiful, you know, but no... Let's let's talk reality here. It's Battlefronts 1 and 2. The original games. Uh, not only um, I played them on console, but I also played them on PC. Battlefront 1 was fresh. A lot like LEGO Star Wars. It was a new idea. You played as the standard unit. You took place in these epic battles. I mean, you're flying around Cloud City shooting at each other while other people were running around on the ground you're roping ATATs. battlefront two you're in space you're flying around you you're boarding the enemy ship and blowing it up from the inside you're taking a y-wing and you're just just
1: demolishing the sensors array on a, a star destroyer no you fly the you fly like the um the transport ship in, so you can spawn there. You take out the auto turrets, and then you steal one of the enemy's bombers and blow everything out. That's what I always did. Um, I always boarded.
0: Boarding was my thing. But then you had one of the, the greatest Star Wars campaign
1: ever in Battlefront Two: Rise of the Empire. Oh, my God. Those intros, the intro cinematics to them, of just the... Over, just the. Mm-hmm. Did they actually get the?
0: Um, I think it is Django. I think it is Django Fett doing them. Uh, the guy who I don't know. For- I don't know his. Uh, know that the actor's name. The voice of Boss in Republic Commando. He had a deal with Lucas Arts.
1: Because it's just clips of the gameplay with a little bit of music, but the voice acting is done so well. It, oh my!
0: god. I didn't know a game like that would hit me in the feels. Like the, for instance, one of my favorite um, levels is Nightfall, where you slaughter the Jedi, and you know it's about to go down, mm-hmm. and the music and his intro into it, and you're just like,
1: yes, it's time. Yeah, and it's going to go down, but the- you can hear you can hear the conflict within him. Like, were there were there thoughts of like you know. That we're doing the wrong. Well, no one said anything, but you kinda gotta feel like everyone was thinking that. All the clones were thinking that, like we fought with these guys for four years. Uh-huh. And um and, and marches in and leads the charge. Um the hero
0: gameplay and two was really fun. But I another one of my favorites is the um the last three missions in Rise of the Empire. The space battle over Yavid the battle of Yavin uh, on the moon of Yavin 4 and uh, the battle of Hoth. Because at this point, you're so invested in the 501st, and they are just killed, a whole bunch of them, when the Death Star explodes. So the space battle over Yavin is really... It's like, yeah, let's whip some rebel ass and teach them a lesson. And then the um, acting of gets uh, you into it. Yeah, um, and like my favorite, my favorite little voiceover at the beginning of yeah, um, when you go on the moon, if you have them for us, we we treated the rebels like a disobedient child. And I'm like, yes, it, it kill that rebel scum, you know. And then on Hoth. It's timed. The whole mission, you have, like, 18 minutes to complete it. And at the end, you blow up their last transport ship. But then, it was like the little things in Battlefront and Battlefront 2. Like, you can blow up the shield generator on Yavin. Uh, not a Yavin, on Endor in Battlefront 1. You can blow up the shield generator in both games in Battlefront 2 on Hoth. Um, Hunt on Battlefront 2, Dylan. Do you remember that game mode? Mm-hmm. Oh, where you could play as different things, and then my favorite, Assault on Mos Eisley, where you played as heroes versus villains, and you discovered who won the fight. Darth Maul or Aayla Sakura,
1: and then you realize they're the two most broken heroes in the game. No, Darth Vader's the most broken because you could—the Force Choke, you couldn't stop. Oh, that's
0: true. But Darth Maul and Aayla Sakura have that
1: spin-jump thing that just annihilates you. It just wrecks you. Unless you miss. If you're good enough, you can micro around that and make a miss. Yeah. I don't know. I like playing as Boba Fett and sniping. <laughs> oh, when you would, uh, would you ever get in the Jedi and jump to the top of the, um, uh, that, that crashed ship by the, uh, by the, um, and, like, just, like, wait for someone and then just, like, pounce down on top of them? Did you ever notice that's a Separatist
0: frigate?
1: Yeah. I forgot what it was. I forgot if it was a separatist frigate or or if it changed when you're in Galactic Civil War to a Mon my cruiser. Oh, does it? I don't think it does. I don't actually remember. Um, do you remember Dagobah? how it's a
0: downed um gunship in swamp mm-hmm. and then in uh the we were playing as uh, Galactic Civil Wars Luke's X wing.
1: Dagobah in um the second command post, the one that's in like the the quote unquote cave. Can I just say, is that like the most difficult command post to capture in the game? Because this is like, yeah, you're capturing it, and all of a sudden, like, up oh, there's like five thermal detonators. Well, that was nice. Oh yeah, they. If you're it. playing on the hard difficulty, they just throw thermal detonators in there and bomb you out. It's just like, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Up oh, there's like, hey, yeah, okay. Am I call? Am I playing Call of Duty Five? What's going on here?
0: Was this Call of Duty Online? No, Call of Duty.
1: Call of Duty: World at War, also known as Grenade of Grenade, World of Grenades, because that's all when you play on Veteran. That's all the AI does is throw grenades at you. Or endless stream.
0: You know how on normal on that game they try to melee you, (laughs) and then you do that weird thing where you pull their rifle down and stab them in the throat, and it's like it's like the worst animation.
1: What anyway, back to you, Battlefront.
0: What did you play in a stupid on? What? What did you play World of War on? Uh, About
1: 360? Oh, I played it on Wii. Okay. That's <laughs> probably why, because the Wii's graphics are terrible. The Wii's terrible, usually. Anyway, back to Battlefront. Um,
0: oh, what a fantastic game. It's per- they're perfect games, in my opinion. They have their flaws. They have their flaws, but I mean. The goods so much better.
1: All right. Is yours Empire at War? No, it's actually Disney Infinity because you know, microtransactions and oh, those stupid yeah. amiibos.
0: Oh, amiibos are the best. I I'm, know, right? It's the greatest thing to come out of video games since Skylanders.
1: I mean, they're even better than Skylanders because they took what Skylanders did and they absolutely changed nothing about them except giving them like making them Disney characters. Oh, yeah. What a great – beautiful, beautiful. Anyway, Empire at War. Empire at War, was, Empire at War is the game where Dylan blew up his own planet with the Death Star. That was one time, and it was only Best dying and that was in a mod because was, the mod at the time had a bug where you would is, click one of the upgrades – if you had the Death Star parked in a planet and you clicked one of the upgrades on the space station, it wouldn't register as a click for the upgrade. It would register as a click for the blow planet button, and there was no, there was nothing in the code to stop you from doing it. So, that was that was a glitch in the ACM two point four mod. But the reason I like, uh, the reason I like it so much is, uh, it's a few things. And again, I love Age of Empires. I love what? Um, mod- Um, real-time strategy games. But the problem with RTS games is that over the years, they've kind of died. They've died and gone way of moda games, which, I mean, they're there. They're kind of the same thing, but it's more of... It's different. And even the RTS games you do have are kind of limiting uh, to what you can do. Empire at War, to me, feels like the last classic RTS game that we have out there. Now, it doesn't have as diverse of an um, economy as uh, Age of Empires does. There's pretty much only one. There's just credits. It's the only thing you can get in the game. The counter system, the counter unit system is there, though, although a little bit nerfed. Um, a little, little bit nerfed. But it's what it sacrifices in the economy, it makes up for in the overall strategy... And how you execute your battle plan. There's a lot more of... In that game of carefully microing your units. Especially bombers and especially your starfighters, which die really easily. To make sure that you hit... Make sure you hit the right... You know, you hit the hangar on uh, on the Star Destroyer so they don't spawn out more. Or you hit the engines when they're about to retreat so they can't... So, you know, you get the kill. Or... You're attacking a space station, but you got to hit all the proton torpedo launchers because they take out – they just will rinse through your capital ships, that kind of thing. And even the point of in Galactic Conquest where – going back to Battlefront 2, I mean planets – some planets had different credit values, but it was pretty much the same thing, whereas in – In Empire at War, every planet had some sort of tactical advantage to either you or your opponent. So there was always... It was always a – it's not monotonous of, oh, I have to take this planet and this planet. It's like I've got a. I, this planet, if I don't get this planet, he can keep making Star Destroyers. But I have to hit these three planets to get to it. But if I get this planet over here, I can make this really cool unit. But this planet over here is giving him a bunch of money, and I don't want that planet there. So it's, it's the – complex aspect of where do I attack how do I attack how do I build my units where there's really no there's kind of a population limit in the game but not only that but how to defend your own planets you got to worry about that especially because in the base game you can't build a full five you can't build a five um level five species in every planet some planets like Ilum, which I never take unless I'm in the late game, you only have a level 1 space station, and the AI always attacks it. So you have to have like a Mon Cal cruiser there all the time. Other planets you need to get because you can have, build a bunch of land bases, just make it a credit farm. Great game. The campaign is fantastic. Uh, especially the Forces of Corruption one where you get to control the eclipse, which, oh my gosh, is there more overpowered unit in a game ever?
0: Yeah. Oh, geez.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic game. My number one, and I still play it, like, with mods. Actually, I've been actually ditching the mods recently just playing the base game, uh, just to kind of get the fresh feel again, but...
0: Yeah, well, a few honorable mentions here. Empire Wars, an honorable mention, because I've not played enough of it for it to be on this list. Rogue Squadron for the N64. Uh... Star Wars Apprentice of the Force for the Game Boy Advance, which is a scroller where you play as Luke through the original trilogy. Really fun, but not a lot of replay value, so it gets thrown as honorable mention. Revenge of the Sith gets thrown in there as well for the console, because it's it's a really fun game, but not a lot of replayability. Um, Attack of the Clones on Game Boy Advance is also honorable mention. You're like I didn't even know there was an Attack of the Clones game for Game Boy Advance. I know there was one. Um, not a lot of people do, though. It's the one of the prequel trilogy that's really missed because it was a Game Boy Advance exclusive, and it's a side-scroller.
1: Oh, my God, Matt. I'm not saying that. Yeah. My Honorable mentions are basically a lot of his choices um, in his list. Um, Force Unleashed... Uh, The second LEGO Star Wars game, obviously, uh, which actually just barely made out the list because it's kind of in between. It has good gameplay features, but it doesn't have everything. It doesn't have the nostalgia that I had for the other ones. And um, it's about it because I haven't played a lot of video games. Like I said, it was very hard to get 10 video games for my top 10 list. Mm -hmm. Which is why there's a lot on there that a lot of people don't like. Yeah, But this is my top 10, so... Your opinions me. are wrong. I'm all just right. kidding.
0: Alright,
1: let's get into what we're reading. <laughs> what <you're> reading. <laughs> I'm pulling a bill. I'm in the exact same spot of Fate of the Jedi Abyss that I was last time.
0: It's alright, because I lost Darth Bane Path of Destruction, and I just found it today. So I haven't been reading that. I finished Aftermath Life Debt, though. And can we just talk spoilers right now of Aftermath Life Debt right now? Sure. They give Palpatine a first name. His name's Skeeve. What a terrible name. Oh yeah, that was already in there. But I mean, it's officially like named in a book. And, oh God, what an awful book. Well, yet another disappointment from Chuck Wendig. And I don't know if you could... I didn't know you could disappoint me when my expectations are so low you could find them next to dinosaur bones, but you can. Chuck Wendig can. It's it's just so stupid. But I finished that. I read a couple issues of the original Marvel Star Wars comics, so I'm on issue 20 of that right now. I think that's what I'm going to spend this week doing a lot of.
1: Yeah. All right. So finally questions from our last podcast. Um do we even do we have any besides dark Snowvias? Well, we have one. This is from Nexus Prime. He asks, you think a translation of the Hansel Hungarian novels, replacing elements that contradict the EU material, could fall into the transformative fair use? Uh huh. Yeah, that's kind of a gray area. Legal things are not my specialty. Neither are um, mine. Oh, Relic commented. Oh, thank you. He's <laughs> a lightsaber. Oh, yeah, he disagrees that he's not a Darth. because uh, He's going to. Keep, he couldn't oh, even cheese yeah. that towel. Yeah, funny. Anyway, um, so Dark Snovia mercifully only has two questions. Um, but what are your favorite authors from the original expanded universe? Timothy Zahn, James Lucino,
0: Kevin, John Ostrander. Hayden Blackman, God, let's look, Ari Salvatore, which I'm going to get a lot of hate for, John Jackson Miller, Troy Denning, Uh, Drew Carpishan, as of recently, Michael Stackpole, and Aaron Alston. Oh, and Karen okay. Travis.
1: I like Karen Travis too. You got my number one, Aaron Alston. Number, we're not doing, I'm doing quick talk 10, 10 list. Number two, John Ostrander. Three, I would put Lucino, four Denning, and then five Stackpole. That would be mine.
0: Oh, and I can't forget Alan Dean Foster.
1: Yeah. That was quick. And the second one, mind-blowing finds Anakin Skywalker the most inconsistent characterization of any Star Wars character, especially when you take into account the TCW. Well, I mean, you're taking into account TCW, which is already Otherwise, inconsistent in flawed. No. Yeah.
0: He has a steady progression. Although, you know, gotta love him killing that guy at Death Watch. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, Anakin, you rascal. You <laughs> rascal.
1: God damn it Matt I'm not gonna say that <laughs> uh, is that it Matt wants, wants Matt wants to turn this podcast into um 19 and 19 and a half Minox nest of course he does Dylan
0: it's because you won't go speed dating I'm not going speed dating Dylan you're going speed dating
1: well no you'll be disappointed <clears throat> So All I right. guess that's it. Hmm. Kind of a short one. After the last emer- two emergency podcasts that we had. Back yeah. to your regularly scheduled programming.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad we finally got this one. And don't worry, we have plenty of topics to go through.
1: Right, Although- which oh, we'll yeah. never get to.
0: Next time, we'll be in a different location for the Legends podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, stay
1: tuned. Not sure how that's going to work,
0: though. Uh, I have an idea on how to do it, and we'll discuss that after
1: the show. Okay.
0: All right.
1: Have a nice day, everyone.